Hello everyone and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for March 9th, 2020. Uh, this is the time of week that all the CircuitPythonistas get together to talk about everything CircuitPython and Python on hardware. Um, CircuitPython is a version of Python that runs on microcontrollers. I'm Katni and I am sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. Uh, CircuitPython development is sponsored by Adafruit, so please support them by purchasing hardware from adafruit.com. Uh, this meeting normally happens at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Mondays. Uh, please check the CircuitPython channel on the Adafruit Discord uh, for notices of change and um, any information about uh, the meeting. Uh, this meeting is hosted on the Adafruit Discord, which everyone is welcome to join at adafru.it slash discord. The text chat is held in the CircuitPython channel, and the audio chat is held in the CircuitPython voice channel. This meeting is recorded, so be aware if you are participating that your voice is being recorded. Uh, if you are in a situation where you don't have a microphone or you would rather not be recorded, um, you can always choose to be text only um, or put all your information into the accompanying notes document. There is a notes doc that goes along with the meeting that has timestamps in it. So if you are more interested in reading up on how the meeting went versus watching or listening to it, you can absolutely do that. Um, the video is uh, posted on YouTube. It is a video of the Discord text chat and the audio, obviously, of the um, voice chat. And uh, this is also released as podcast on uh, various podcast services. If you find that we are not on your favorite podcast service, let us know. Um, so that covers that. Uh, the meeting is held in five parts. The first part is community news, which is uh, everything going on in the community with uh, CircuitPython. It is uh, sort of a preview of our newsletter, which comes out every Tuesday. Um, and that, so we, we do a, a quick discussion of, of that sort of thing. Uh, the next thing is State of Circuit Python, the Libraries, and Blinka, which is a statistical overview of the project by the numbers. It gives us a chance to get a feel for what's going on outside of what it is we're actually doing. The, and that's split into three parts. Um, the next section is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to call people out for doing something good. It is held as a round robin where uh, the person who is running that section will start and then we'll go down the list alphabetically, loop back around, and give everyone who wants a chance to talk. Uh, if you put notes in the document and you are text only or lurking, I will read them off as we go. And uh, Ever, so, and you'd be right off as in, in alphabetical order, so basically as though you were in the meeting as well. Um, we'll give everybody an opportunity, and then we move on to status updates. Status updates is also held as a round robin. It is a chance to take a couple minutes to talk about what you've done over the last week and talk about what you're going to be doing over the next week until the next meeting. Um, it's an opportunity, too, for people to give you tips and tricks if you're blocked on something and uh, just help you out um, if you have any quick questions. The last section is in the weeds, uh, which is an opportunity for more long-form discussions. In the weeds topics sometimes come out of status updates, but also are stuff um, that just if you know it's going to be a long-form discussion, you could move it to in the weeds. If you have an in the weeds topic, 
please post it to the notes document uh, so we can get right to it when we get to In the Weeds. And if you come up with one during status updates, uh, please be sure to update the In the Weeds section in the notes doc. Um, if there are no In the Weeds topics, we uh, move on and wrap up. But we also don't want to wait um, for people to come up with topics. So like I said, if you come up with anything, please let us know as soon as you know, and uh, we'll get that added. And that is how this meeting goes. So with that, I will turn it over to Phil with Community News. All right, thank you, Kenny. You are welcome. First up, the awesome power of CircuitPython. This is a quote from Arturo, empowering makers to make businesses. So I did a little bit of a write-up. Um, what we're starting to see uh, is people are able to make their hardware, focus on that, and then they get all the things that go along with CircuitPython, I think. Deshipu, who's lurking, sells things on Tindy. Uh, Arturo celebrating 400 sales on Tindy, and also we stock the Serpente, which is a great little circuit Python board. So in the early days, um, maybe maybe a decade ago, I saw the same things with Arduino. People were building businesses and more around an ecosystem that they can participate in, and we're seeing a lot of that and more and even faster with circuit Python. So that's really cool to see. I'm going to try to do some. Um, little mini case studies on that and more. And I let the folks know at Tindy, they were really excited by that. The Freedom Wing droning with Chris Young. This was on our show and tell, did a blog post and more. Bill Binko and a bunch of folks came up with a way to use power wheelchairs to control things like an Xbox, but you can also do things like control a drone. Uh, Chris put together a video, posted up on the site, also have a newsletter. It's a really interesting application of being able to use open source hardware, Feather format, open source software, Circuit Python. So check it out. I expect we'll see a lot more projects like this. Uh, Bill's doing a little bit of a nationwide tour going around with the Freedom Wing and working with people and their wheelchairs for them to unlock all the other things in their lives that they weren't able to do before. Um, News probably saw this. The Open Hardware Summit is online only. We will be posting up whatever is going on on Friday. We have our Discord channel here that we had made in advance. Uh, some of the team members that uh, were going to participate during the summit might be participating in the virtual event. Um, as far as Adafruit is a, a company, um, I don't mind sharing all this stuff. Uh, anyone who paid for a ticket, of course, circuit, uh, of course, uh, the uh, Open Hardware Summit can keep all that. And then we reimbursed anyone because uh, uh, for any travel that they couldn't get refunded. Looks like uh, New York will uh, have a series of events canceled, at least this week for sure, as things continue to progress. So we're keeping an eye on it. Um, at the end of this, I'll give you a little bit of update about Adafruit as well. Um, next project, this was from Jay. This is a really good project. Um, find your way home with a CircuitPython GPS locator, the Clue Finder. Now that Clue's out and uh, the, the way we design it and the way it works, you'll probably see a lot of projects like this. This is a really neat one. Jay just posted up uh, the code, um, all the different pieces, and also I think uh, there was some Discord discussion about this. So it's the end result. Shout out to Jepler um, and all the folks who've worked on Microlab. Uh, we now have a version that works at CircuitPython. That learn guide is up. Check it out, and if you like all the things that you can do with mathematics in Python, you'll be able to do NumPy-like commands to process data now. Uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m., uh, we have a virtual thing that we're doing with Microchip. So 6 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be doing a lot of CircuitPython stuff live. Um, the video link is there. We're going to show uh, IoT projects, machine learning projects, and more 
we're doing that uh, with microchip. This was already a virtual only event, so good timing for us. Um, and it'll uh, go for maybe about an hour or so. We have a new segment that we started on Ask an Engineer and then also our site. You'll see a lot of different things that will probably have something to do with CircuitPython. The first one does. It's called Ion MPI. And the component industry NPI stands for new product introduction. So um, we wanted to demystify what that is. It's usually a big component supplier saying, here's our NPI. Um, and once in a while, there might be some information, but it's usually a data sheet maybe, or it'll be a very short video with just like a triangle spinning around and a, a, a very monotone voice saying, the new chip 7.7 is better than the chip 7.6. Um, so we want to do something better than that. So this is ESP32 S2 from Espressive. Um, we have samples. We're starting to get some work done on it, but the big thing for all of us here is it has a USB, so we'll be able to do things like TinyUSB, which also gets us to CircuitPython. So we'll be developing that live. You'll probably see it as, as we get more and do more. And uh, that's our first MPI. We have another one coming up this week. As always, um, all of these things and more are in the newsletter. You can uh, do pull requests, issues, add us, email us, whatever it is. We get those in each week. Um, this one's a pretty solid one. And then last up, I wanted to give a hug report for everyone who's known us for uh, just a few years, a few months, or even maybe like a decade now. Um, there's a lot going on in New York City in the news with COVID-19. Um, Adafruit was built to withstand things like this. We started the company a few blocks away from uh, ground zero as they were rebuilding the towers. We've always uh, started out where uh, we had to, to try harder, do harder, and we'll be able to take care of our team members. All of our folks here have paid sick time. Um, thank you everyone for supporting the company. We've been able to build something sturdy over the last decade. Um, we'll see what happens. We're ready for just about anything. For the long timers uh, who know us, Sandy shut us down and we were able to get through that. Um, we, were also be, we were also able to take care of our team during um, the entire Lower Manhattan outage. We had just moved from our apartment to one of our uh, floors that we have. We have now three factory floors, but we only had one at the time. Very scary, very young company. And we just made this big commitment. So um, as always, no matter what happens here, um, you'll see blog posts from us. You'll see updates. And uh, we're transparent inside and out. So you'll get real-time information that's happening uh, right here from New York as things happen. So um, the only side effect, I might not be able to participate in some meetings if things are getting really crazy because I have to make sure we're taking care of everything here. But so far, so good. We're built for virtual. And uh, we'll see everybody during our normal shows during the week and uh, hopefully here every week as well. And that's the community news. Thanks, Phil. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Next up is the State of Circuit Python Libraries and Blinka. So this is a statistical overview of the entire project, including the core circuit Python, the libraries, and uh, our um, wrapper library Blinka our, uh, for single board computers. Um, so first we'll talk about the project overall, and then we will get into a little more detail on each section. So overall, we had 43 pull requests merged from 20 authors, which seems like a, a pretty high number, which is excellent. Um, there's a few names that I don't recognize, um, or at least don't recognize as contributors uh, yet to the project, which is uh, Jim Bob Bennett, uh, Mary's 450, I'm not sure has contributed before, um, Dan Love 99, and I am 
Fife. I believe those are the new um, names I don't recognize. Thank you to all of our contributors. Um, we had 12 reviewers, which is also excellent and has become pretty much standard fare. So thank you to everyone who's reviewing. Um, obviously, both of those things are necessary for this project to grow. Uh, we had 13 closed issues by eight people and 17 open by 12 people. So we're net up, um, but we uh, just released CircuitPython 5.0. And that means that all the people who didn't want to uh, deal with a beta or release candidate have downloaded CircuitPython 5.0. And so we're finding uh, new stuff. So overall, um, in general, uh, we released CircuitPython 5.0 stable, and that is now out there. Um, please update all of your projects, run them, and if you do find any issues, um, let us know. File an issue, uh, let us know on Discord, however it is you, you feel comfortable, um, and feel free to let us know if things are working as well. <laughs> In terms of the libraries, we are continuing to get uh, more new libraries. Um, and I've seen a lot of activity on current issues and current PRs. So thank you to everyone who has recently joined up um, and has been taking care of that. It's been excellent to see one of the things we wanted to work on this year was to make sure that we didn't let PRs on the library's language, which we were, and that has been uh, decreased significantly uh, recently. So thank you so much for that. Um, and I think that kind of covers where we are overall. So with that, I will hand it over to Scott to talk about the core. Thank you, Katni. Okay, for the core, uh, we had nine pull requests merged from six different authors. So thank you to all our authors recognize everybody in that list, so I won't read it off. We had four reviewers. Uh, thank you to the reviewers as well. And as always, we're looking for reviewers. So if you want to start reviewing for CircuitPython, let us know. Uh, we have nine open pull requests. Uh, most of them are only ha have only been open a few days, but a couple are over 200 days. Uh, we should take a look at those. Uh, Issue-wise, we had three closed issues by one person and seven open by four people. So we're net up, uh, which is not surprising given that uh, we just released a new stable version and a lot more people are poking at it. Uh, for a total of 257 open issues, you can go and check those out at uh, github.com slash adafruit slash circuitpython slash issues. Uh, we have two issues not support uh, not assigned a milestone. Uh, everything else looks pretty hunky-dory. And uh, we have eight active milestones, two of which we should actually close, both for XX because we are now stable in 5 and also a 5.0.0, which uh, was issues we needed to fix before 5.0 is out. So um, making lots of progress. And uh, we also have, uh, I don't think, <laughs> I bet the core download stats is not. I don't uh, think it's working. Not, not working still. Uh, but I meant to look at that as well. Um, anyway, uh, 5.0 is out, and lots of people are checking it out. So lots of good stuff happening. And that's it for the core. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. All right, next up is the libraries. Uh, so across this is across all libraries involved with um, CircuitPython. So all 230 or something to that effect at the moment. 
Uh, we had 34 pull requests merged from 16 authors, including all of the names I read off earlier and um, a bunch of people who have been contributing for a bit. So thank you very much to everyone who's contributed previously and everyone who is new. And we had 11 reviewers, which is still amazing. Um, as Scott said, uh, reviewing is a great way to get started with CircuitPython. If you are unfamiliar with Git and GitHub, um, that's not a problem. We have a guide for that. And also we are available to help you get started. So reviewing can be as simple as taking a look at the code and posting that it looks good to you. you. If you have something to test it, you can test it. If you don't, note that and just take a look at the code and see whether syntactically it looks accurate and so on and let us know that that's what you did. Um, it's uh, a really important part. Uh, we can't, obviously we can't merge PRs without reviews. And so reviewing is not only a great way for you to get started, it's a, a very important part of the project for us. Um, so if you're interested in that, let us know and we can uh, help you get started with that. Um, we had, uh, like I said, 34 pull requests merged. One of them was 324 days old, which is excellent. The rest were six days or less. Uh, which is also excellent. Um, we had 10 issues closed by seven people and 10 open by nine people. So we are net neutral there with 154 open issues. Uh, and currently we have 35 open pull requests, the oldest of which is 427 days old. And again, this is on the list of things we need to look at is to try and um, take care of those older PRs and see whether they're still relevant and what we need to do with them. Um, if you want to take a look at all of this information, it's available on circuitpython.org slash contributing. Uh, there is a list of open PRs, a list of open issues, and a list of library infrastructure issues, which are uh, us attempting to keep our libraries to a standard across the board. Um, and when that standard is not met, libraries will show up on that list. Uh, and then we had no new libraries in the last seven days. We had a number of updated libraries, uh, which I will not read off. And that's where we are with the libraries. With that, I will turn it over to Melissa to talk about Blinka. Hello. So, let me get to the right place in the guide. Uh, so I'm gonna talk about Blinka, which is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for single board computers. Uh, this week we had zero pull requests merged by no authors and no reviewers. Uh, there, because, and now there's uh, net of zero open pull requests now. There were two closed issues by two people and four open by four people for leaving 36 open issues. Um, there are 2000, there were 2,846 PyPI downloads in the last week, and we currently have 38 supported boards. And that's it. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. And that is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. Next up is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to call out people for doing something good. Um, if you worked on something with someone or you saw someone in the community doing something excellent, uh, all of these are perfect Hug Reports. Uh, this section is held as a round robin where I will start and then uh, as an example, and then I will go down the list alphabetically and loop back to the top and start again. If you are lurking, um, hopefully you let us know that. Uh, if you are text only, also let us know that, and I will read off your um, hug report. And then um, if you're missing the meeting, um, 
or you know you're going to miss the meeting and you want to have a hug report read off, you can always add that to the notes document at any time during the week and it will be read off in order. So I will uh, go through the list and read off anyone who has notes, etc. Um, and that's how this will work. So I will get started. taking time codes. So I want to give a hug report to Jeff for a lovely chat uh, last week, um, to Dan for releasing CircuitPython 5.0 stable, uh, to everyone internally and in the community involved with getting 5.0 out the door. That was obviously not a single effort there. Um, all of us here and everyone who's tested it, everyone who reported bugs, everyone who used it on their project and said that it worked, um, everyone involved, thank you so much for helping us get to this point. Um, I want to give a hug report to Adafruit for their uh, preparation and handling of the current situation um, regarding uh, events being canceled and um, how they are handling things internally and in terms of uh, those of us that work remotely. Um, it's just been very well done. They've been very open about it and uh, it's greatly appreciated. Um, I want to give a hug report to Summersoft for all the patches to the libraries, for pilot updating, and other things. Um, and also for fighting with uh, a patch, we want to update the code of conduct. Uh, across the board, we added um, one thing to it uh, on Discord and wanted that to be set up across the board, and apparently it's turning out to be a bit of a beast. Um, to Foamy Guy for continuing to keep up with PRs and issues on the libraries to Andrew Tribble for continuing to provide assistance in the Help with Circuit Python channel on Discord, and both to Foamy Guy and Andrew Tribble for interest in helping me with PyCon preparation. Um, I keep coming up with ideas and they keep being on board, so thank you very much to both of you. Um, I have uh, KGW listed as still lurking, I think, and um, so that means we go to Maker Melissa. Hello, I wanted to give a hug report to Sven Janssen for pointing out a solution for getting the capacitive touch working correctly on rotated on the Raspberry Pi Buster because we were having issues for quite a while here. Uh, and I got that fixed in today. Uh, a hug to Kike for finding a potential issue with 14 segment bit mass and PT for all the quick updates regarding upcoming event statuses and changes. Excellent. Next up is Marius450. I can't hear you. Can anyone else hear them? No, I cannot. Okay. Oh, no, no worries. Um, do you want me to read it off? All right, um, so Marius450 has a collective hug for version 5.0. Uh, couple lurking, and then uh, Summersoft has notes, but it's text only. Summersoft says, hug report to Katni for the late week weekend reviews and merges, to Tan Newt for starting to work on sleep, and a group hug. 
Um, and Stargirl, who is missing the meeting, says group hug to all. And next up is Scott. Hello. Uh, first off, a hug report to Dan for both releasing 5.0 and simply all the work that Dan did to make 5.0 happen. I uh, really took it to the finish line, so I really appreciate that. Uh, hugs to Katni, Dihirata, Summersoft, and Sedacious for all the work on Black and Lint. It's really cool to see that going. Uh, hug report to AT Makers Bill, who was uh, starting to bring up this idea of powering a feather off of solar which is really neat. I've been in low power land, so that got my brain thinking. Um, so both a hug report and a uh, thank you for getting me into this bill. <laughs> um, hopefully hopefully we'll be able to get the power low enough that even in Seattle, we could have a sensor be powered by solar. Um, and lastly, uh, thank you to Carter for uh, taking it upon himself to add two more properties to the design guide. Uh, we have started adding them, but haven't actually documented them in the design guide as we should have. So thank you to Carter for taking that on. And that's it for me. All right. Thanks. Next mm -hmm. up is Andrew Tribble. Yep. Um, just a group hug to all this week. Excellent. All right. And now I have notes from Anecdata, who is lurking and says a hug report to Brent Rue for his work on Wisnet 5K and for his ongoing work connecting our devices to the world. Uh, and I have a couple of lurkers and Seagrover is learning, which is lurking while learning. Um, and that gets us to Dan. Hi, <clears throat> hi everybody. So I have a, lo a longer list today. Um, thanks to Jeff for um, being uh, working on uh, integrating Microlab or ULab or whatever you want to call it into CircuitPython and uh, working with the developer um, to uh, to improve it in a number of ways. That was really great. And he's continuing to work on it, which is really great. And thanks to the original author, V923Z, for this. ULab is a really hugely significant addition to MicroPython and CircuitPython in terms of what it can be used for in so many ways to do um, numerical computation, adding good numerical computation to these, uh, to MicroPython and CircuitPython. I'd like to congratulate Stargirl at Thea Codes on um, her Winterbloom synthesizer, which is in production and works, uses CircuitPython, and it seems to be a really wonderful piece of hardware. Looks really great. I'd like to thank Kevin Walters for continuing to find significant bugs. He's always trying new things with CircuitPython and he finds interesting uh, bugs that we do need to fix. That's very helpful. Um, TG Techie found a very obscure but important bug in terms of uh, how objects were created on, on import and uh, whether they got copied or not. And we all need to fix that in the long run. I'd like to thank Marius450 who spent a long time Right off was a long time who spent time um, greatly improving the turtle library, making it faster, adding more capability, and even still having it use less memory, which is really great. So that's a really helpful, especially in the educational environment. And I'd like to thank Katni, who is working on a lot of things for PyCon, which may or may not happen in some form. And uh, but uh, she knows we have to do something 
uh, we have to act as if it's going to happen in some form. And uh, she's working hard on that to produce something that will be useful either in person or virtually. We'll see. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks Dan. Uh, so I have a quick hug report from someone not in the meeting, uh, Devo, who just said group hug for uh, 5.0. Uh, I have notes from D. Gloud, who is missing the meeting, who said Dan H. for the 5.0 release work and its BLE content, and to Foamy Guy for collaboration on the BLE patchwork demo. I also have notes for D. Wester, who is also lurking, um, who said group hug on, to all on the release of 5.0. And next up is Foamy Guy. All right, I got uh, for this week, big thanks um, to David Gloud. Um, he has helped uh, make the existing patchwork demo a lot more efficient. I was doing it in a, a kind of rudimentary way and um, I learned a lot from, from the way he did it. So it's a lot better now. Um, really appreciate his help on that. Um, Scott and Carter, uh, early on in the week, they were working with the, the BLE radio, uh, which is something I had my eye on uh, a little while back. So I was excited to see uh, movement there, and I found uh, an example that uh, one one or both of them made. Um, so big thanks there. Uh, Arturo um, is, on Tindy has some BlackBerry Q10 keyboards. I just got one of those uh, in the mail, ordered a little bit ago. So super excited to play with that. Glad he's making really cool things like that. Um, and then uh, Dan H and uh, obviously a group hug to everyone for uh, the 5.0 release. All right, thanks. Okay, guys, lurking, and next up is Higher Effect. Just mostly group hugs this week to everyone who participated in 5.0, um, to everyone at Adafruit for keeping us all up to date with the COVID status and um, providing nice uh, quick updates on that. Um, and uh, just group hug to everybody. Um, All right, thank you. Next up is Jeff. Hi, everybody. Um, you know, there are a lot of adults who have to make tough decisions right now. So thanks to Adafruit, thanks to Phil for their openness as they make decisions about COVID-19 and uh, hug reports to everybody at the open source hardware. They also had some tough decisions to make about the show. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't have wanted to be the one who had to make that call because it feels like you're taking away fun from people, but really you, you're making the good decisions you have to for people's safety. Uh, but more fun stuff. Uh, thanks to Anne and Lady Ada for helping me with my first published guide. And thank you for Zoltan with patience with our PR process um, and, uh, and his continued work on ULab. Thanks to Scott for starting on that low power mode on the NRF. I know I owe you my review. That'll be coming up. And thanks to, uh, I think it's Paint Your Dragon here on Discord for preliminary work on this thing called Adafruit Protomatter. It is an LED matrix library, and we're also going to try to incorporate it in CircuitPython. All right. Excellent. Uh, next up is Jerry. Yeah, hello. Um, just a, uh, thanks to Maker Melissa for the really nice guide on the web to web Bluetooth with the Chromebook. Uh, really on Chrome, 
it, it was really fun to play the, those demos. And and similarly to to uh, Jeff for the uh, Microlab guide and the implementation of Microlab, but the the demos were really slick. So lots of fun. Thanks. Excellent. All right, and that is Hug Reports. Thank you everyone for participating. And next up, I am going to hand it over to Jeff for status updates. Thank you, Katni. Uh, so this is also conducted in a round robin in a similar fashion to Hug Reports. I'll start with myself, go down the list, then back to the top until we get everybody. And hopefully I've got all the names in the document this time and I won't miss somebody. Um, so last week, uh, the ULAB pull request was merged. So thanks. This was a team effort and I'm just really thrilled about it. And also the ULAB guide is published and that's my first guide on the learn system. Really excited about that. Uh, this week, um, I have already picked up a, the old string format, uh, PR and modernize that. And maybe we have another chance to get that into five one. Uh, I also intend to enable ULAB on STM32 and make sure that works. Uh, give Scott his review on the PR, continue working on this uh, LED panel driver. Uh, there's no, I haven't written a, any CircuitPython yet, but I've got the hardware up and going and the Arduino software going. So I have something that I know works um, hardware wise and now just working on CircuitPython. And there's kind of a big blank here because when I wrote this, I assumed I'd be uh, in New York for the second half of this week, but I'm not. So I'll get to do more CircuitPython stuff. And in my ongoing fun projects, a long time ago, I mentioned these um, laser etched glass displays that I was working on. Finally did the 3D printed enclosure, a little CircuitPython software. So it's a gizmo. You can put it on the shelf and it is going to blink out the prime numbers one digit at a time. So... That's been a lot of fun. And with that, I'll hand it off to you, Jerry. All right, thanks. Um, so lots of little things last week. Um, there's been a longstanding bug in the RFM69 library that the RSSI value was wrong and sort of been a, a nagging for a long time. Finally, somebody raised it this week, and a user, and finally, finally, it was a trivial thing to fix, but it's fixed. <laughs> um, so it's nice to get a push to do that. And then um, I was playing with the Teensy 4, and I don't, I, I, you know, I don't know how many people have used it with stuff, but I'd say, uh, this is the first time I tried SPI on it. So I've been using it with uh, for my RFM69 testing, and it's been working great. Um, in fact, you know, with its speed, it actually makes up for some of the other problems. Um, and, oh, yeah, there's a little bug turned up. Somebody reported it in the SHT31D humidity calculation. Um, there's a typo in a number that was causing a, a very small error, but it needed to be fixed. That was an easy fix. Um, and then if I was playing around and somehow just, I didn't realize that the NRF24 LL1 library, uh, which is in the community library, um, is also out on PyPy. I just never looked for it there and it works great on the Raspberry Pi. So it's just nice to be able to expand using those little really inexpensive radios uh, on the Raspberry Pi as well. Um, so if anyone hasn't tried those, go ahead and do it. Um, the rest of my time is just slogging through these, this RFM 6.9 stuff I've been working on to add the uh, reliable data mode. My plan is it's, it's I decided to, to, I think, to release what I've got um, because it's, it's, it's all working. It's implemented, and I think, properly, but it's not perfect. There are, problem, there are just inherent problems in, in not having interrupts enabled and things like that. 
that I just don't think we're going to be able to get around. So it, it won't be reliable, reliable, but it's reliable, more reliable and at least it lets you know when a packet doesn't get through. So I think it's time to put it out there, let people play with it, decide if it's useful or not, and then see where it goes. Um, if there's more discussion to have on it, we can do that in the weeds, but I, I think that's a, a good approach is just get it out there now. Um, and then next week, as, as I want to get the PR in for that, I just want to finish off making sure that I haven't broken anything else. Um, and that it's, I think it is, it, can, it does not break anything of the existing examples, um, but it does add a bunch of new features. So try and get that going. And, and then once, once we get the RFM 6.9 done, it'll be a fairly quick thing to bring the RFM 9X up to the same, same level. Um, and then the long term is it really needs a, a substantial revision to handle, uh, to put a, a FIFO, I believe, in, in the C code, as we've talked about a little bit. But I think it's worth getting it out there now and then moving on to that later. So that's my plan. Thanks, Jerry. We're here when you want to talk about uh, the core changes to support yep. the hardware, because, yeah, I, I think you're right about not being able to fully fix it. Um, Katni, what do you have? All right. So last week, I published the guide for the Clue badge example. Um, that was an update to PyBadger that uh, allows for displaying lines of text over a highly customizable background. Um, there were simple badge capabilities in PyBadger previously. This is uh, much more highly customizable. Um, so it involves a little more work, but it you know, you can show everything you want to show. And uh, the Clue example does not work on PyBadge or PyGamer. That is because the displays are different. So um, if you want to do that on Clue, uh, go for it. There is an example in the PyBadger repo that works on PyGamer and PyBadge if you are interested in using it on either of those. Um, I started work on the Feather Sense guide. We just released the Feather NR52840 Sense and uh, we need a guide for it. So that's what I started. Um, I spent a lot of time last week guiding the PyLint black upgrade and implementation. Um, there's a lot of work going into that. And so that's been pretty involved. Um, we're starting with less used libraries and working our way towards ones that are much more commonly used just because it's a smarter way to do it. Um, and it sort of turned into a bit of library week versus library Monday. Um, we had missed a few libraries getting put into the bundle and that led to going through a lot of Adabot output and uh, determining other things that needed to be done. So this week, Library Monday, and probably week again, because there's a lot going on, um, finished the Feather Sense guide, which is a pretty involved guide, um, mostly because there are so many sensors. Um, the pinouts images are complicated. Normally for a Featherboard, we don't do a ton of pinouts images. Um, in this case, we want to highlight each one of the sensors and so on. And so there's there's a lot more a lot more going into this guide than than some others. And then beyond that, um, starting PyCon 2020 prep, um, I was approved to do a PyCon tutorial. Uh, and so the plan is actually to do a learn guide that goes with the tutorial, and then um, adapt that to present in the event that PyCon happens um, or make it available in the event that it doesn't. Um, either way, the learn guide will be posted. Um, 
but it's uh, that's something to work on as well. Um, in terms of um, everyone at uh, PyCon was going to get or is going to get a clue. And so uh, for ostensibly for the open spaces, we need a quick start guide and a series of examples. Um, so I will be working on both of those as they are both handy regardless of what happens. Um, and those will be going into um, both a PyCon 2020 GitHub repo and into the Clue library repo is where all of the libraries that, um, or all the examples that go with the Clue library will end up. And we'll link between the two. So, um, obviously, I, in terms of preparation, need to operate under the assumption that PyCon will happen. However, um, the best way to go about it is to operate in a way that I'm not doing anything that would otherwise be wasted if the conference is canceled. So um, we're trying to do things that can either be used for next year or can still be used for this year if um, it goes virtual or so on and so forth. So just changing up the approach basically, but still um, starting preparation. And that's where I'm at. Thank you, Katni. Um, KJW is noted as lurking, so I will hand it off to maker Melissa. How you doing? I'm doing good. Let's see here. Uh, last week I worked on finishing up the web Bluetooth dashboard. And I, after that, I published a guide for that. And then I, up, I updated the Raspberry Pi installer script that fixes the capacitive touch TFT rotation on Buster. Um, and I did a small HT16K33 library revision. Uh, this week, I'm going to catch up on some of the GitHub issues and PRs. I'm going to update circuitpython.org with any new boards, because I think there's a couple of them. And uh, I need to update uh, the web Bluetooth dashboard style a little bit. And I'm sure there's going to be other things that come up as the week goes on. And that's it. Thanks, Melissa. Uh, I'm going to assume uh, that I should read Marius's notes. No. No, no, okay. I hear you now. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Hello to, to everybody. Um, so next week, yes, it was my first really um, uh, big PR uh, for the total library. Uh, so if anybody wants to test it, uh, uh, I will be happy to to, to debug it if needed. Um, and I also published a fractal little lib with only one uh, uh, first example, but uh, it will be uh, enriched uh, as the time go. Uh, it was because uh, I had. Uh, just for curiosity, <laughs> being uh, uh, to know if uh, a microcontroller can calculate uh, this, and it can. It's beautiful. And for this week, uh, I want to to see the Bluetooth a little closer, but I don't have plans. 
and uh, thank you all. Thank you. It's nice to hear from you, and we look forward to more contributions and fun stuff like fractals. Uh, all right. Mr. Certainly and SDW are lurking, so it's time for you. Jeff, your audio cut out. Okay. Um, Sedacious uh, is text only. So I was reading his notes like for two minutes already, but I'll go back to the start. Uh, he's working on the ICM 948 CircuitPython libra libraries. Arduino is mostly done and CircuitPython is getting close. They are both refactored versions of the ICM 20649 library and will be renamed to ICM 20X. Uh, he's off Thursday and Friday for a birthday staycation. Um, and his hug report, oh, his hug reports ended up here somehow, it says. So, hug reports from Sedacious. Uh, Radomir for code review and Python advice, Seagrover for more circuit analysis and component selection advice, and OSHWA and Adafruit for providing guidance and support in making wise travel choices. That brings us to Summersoft, who is also text only. Last week, libraries. He patched GitHub's actions build.yml files to move pip installs of pylint, black, and sphinx plus theme back to each repo from the centralized Actions CI script, patched PyLintRC to add bad continuation in preparation for black code formatting, and tried to patch the codeofconduct.md files, but apparently there's been a lot of drift and three separate Git patch files couldn't reach 100% coverage. For RosiePy and PhysiCI, he has HTTP signature authentication working now and made the first successful request from PhysiCI on Azure to a RosiePy node on his home network. This week, he plans to finish up the skipped uh, Pilot RC patches, which is about eight PRs, work on a script to update all of the code of conducts by copying in the new version regardless of the current version. Further research uh, about Adabot using Boto3 for core metrics in AWS. I think that means the CircuitPython download stats. And look into Blinkit contributors not being included in the overall stats in Adabot daily report and apologizes, I totally forgot about this last week. And that brings us to you, Scott. Hello, thank you, Jeff. Uh, first and foremost, uh, last week I fixed up the radio library. Uh, thanks for Carter uh, to Carter for pointing that out. I think there was some discussion about us renaming it to Adafruit BLE radio, perhaps. Uh, and so we need to look at that. I don't know the status because I haven't caught up on email yet. Um, that's something to get on folks' radar. And uh, thanks to Foamy Guy for the reminder that I did the radio work. <laughs> I kind of blanked on that. Um, most of what I spent last week on was uh, getting sleep working in, in the NRF52840, basically uh, moving timekeeping from the SysTick, which is uh, a clock that is clocked with the CPU, and move that to the RTC, which is a, a much lower power, slower clock which means that we can also turn the CPU off uh, while we're not using it. It saves a lot of power. So I have uh, one Feather uh, NRF52840 Express that's just broadcasting every 30 or 60 seconds um, its own internal temperature. And I ran a test over the weekend where 
it was taking about 10 hours for a 105 milliamp hour battery to drain and now it's over two days um so i think it's about a 4x ish uh improvement for that board specifically uh, but that board also has a, a NeoPixel, and the NeoPixel actually has a, a little like controller in it that takes power as well. So I want to redo the test with a Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. Uh, the new revision of it, uh, Lamore actually added the ability to turn all the Neo, like cut the power to all the NeoPixels stuff. So uh, I want to I want to rerun the test between 5.0 and my build uh, just to see kind of what uh, improvement we get on the power side. On the circuit playground blue fruit is um let's see what else do i have in my notes uh i haven't fixed any of the other ports i've only been do doing the nrf52840 uh, but we now have stm and we have imx and we have uh we have atmel samd as well so i need to take a look at those and um and fix things that have broke been broken there and, and like do the same clock thing as well. Uh, this PR that will be kind of large, but it'll be really foundational for us improving uh, the power consumption of CircuitPython, which is exciting. Um, because of the way that sleep now works, uh, it can it has a lot of potential to break things. Uh, probably audio playback is one and definitely pulse in is another. So uh, this is something I'd like us to to merge after we're kind of like through getting ULab out or and, and, and anything else, uh, because it's likely we'll have to follow up with other stuff. Um, yeah, the the general gist is that when you call time.sleep, the CPU actually stops and, this, and the CPU only starts up again if you get an interrupt. And so we need to make sure that uh, lots of stuff is uh, interrupt driven then and we'll wake things up and then background stuff can run. Um, so that's where sleep's at. I'll, I'll definitely do SAMD this week as well. Um, I, I'll try to get all the ports going. Expect to, when it gets merged to have some instability come in. So people should let us know and, and experiment with like sleeping in different spots and stuff in, in their code. Uh, but generally, you will see an improvement in power consumption. Um, one random thing is uh, I was looking at some library sizing last week, and I think it'd be really cool if somebody created a CI test that basically just logged the memory footprint of importing different modules. Uh, that would be really nice as a way for us to just track the size of things over time. Um, so if that sounds good to anybody, uh, let me know. And then lastly, I want to talk about COVID-19 a little bit. Um, if you, you've probably heard that in Washington state, it's kind of the, the earliest and largest outbreak, uh, or at least it was uh, in the US. And uh, basically, not traveling anywhere, not sick at all. Um, don't know anybody who's been specifically sick, but uh, you know we're trying to hang out at home. My choir just had like rehearsals and concert canceled and stuff, so we're really just hanging hanging near home. My wife's working from home as well. Um, and what I wanted to remind folks is that like uh, a lot of people, I think, are going to be in their house a lot more than they're normal. Uh, this is something that those of us who are paid by Adafruit kind of have dealt with already in terms of just being home a lot. Uh, but if you're one of the folks that are in an area where they're asking you to stay kind of at home and not go to work, um, if you need somebody to chat with or want to play games or anything, uh, let me know. It's uh, The cabin fever is real, <laughs> regardless of whether you actually get COVID-19 or not. So um, I think 
working remotely and meeting up online is something that we excel at already, but for some folks, it's going to be new and, and more important. Um, so I'm thinking about streaming later this week, maybe in conjunction with the Open Hardware Summit, but um, that's one way we can feel a bit more communal. Um, I'm either thinking about doing some CircuitPython sleeping stuff or the Tiny Logic Friend, which has been backburnered, but I want to get back to. Uh, basically making any Adafruit board, any tiny USB board, uh, a inexpensive, not very capable logic analyzer. Um, and then if you just need to chat privately, I'm also happy to, happy to do voice chats with folks as well. And uh, lastly, if you want to play video games, uh, <laughs> because Choir got canceled, I'm going to have some more time for that as well. So uh, if there are games you want to play and you want to hang out and do stuff like that because you're stranded at home or not, uh, let me know, and I hope everybody stays healthy and sane at the same time. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. uh, I could show you some hanging out, so maybe we'll find a time. Cool. Just, Sounds good to me. Just asking Zoltan if they have any status updates to give. Uh, just go ahead and unmute if you want to say hi, or we will continue on to Andrew. Your call. Mm, I think you could. Uh, you should continue with Andrew. All right. Well, thank you. It's good to see you. Good you're making progress on things. We'll keep an okay. eye on it. Okay. All right, Andrew, uh, or were you lurking? Let me scroll back up to the top of the notes here. No, nope, doesn't say you're lurking, so okay. Yep. So this week I spent a brief amount of time uh, researching I2S audio in response to a question from at Spiky Boy, um, specifically using the SPHO645 as an input device seems like there isn't really a whole lot of documented support for i2s input quite as much as there is for i2s output i don't know if that's something that is possible or could be made possible um, but spend a little bit of time looking into kind of what it was how it works how the underlying technology works etc yeah um, on the nrf i know there is a peripheral for it but we have not coded the support in circuit python and i'm not sure about the other um platforms yeah that's kind of what i saw and then i also noticed a couple uh forums that were posting specifically with that microphone that it's a 32-bit microphone which the nrf doesn't seem to support without using some kind of questionable workarounds um so ended up just looking into that for a little bit and then kind of put it on the back burner to go back to working on the AS3935 uh, lightning sensor using a SwitchDock Labs AS3935 Thunderboard uh, is the name of it, which I will post a link to in the chat here in a little bit. Um, and then just continued Discord community support whenever possible in between those and between work. And then this week, uh, sounds like Katni has a few ideas for uh, assistance with PyCon preparation. Continued testing of that library I just mentioned, the AS3935 library. And then possibly begin playing around with my uh, Cricut for Microbit using my Clue. Just testing a couple different things and a couple different ideas I want to play around with uh, there. And then continued Discord community support as well, as always. And now I'll turn it back to you. Oh, okay. Um, I keep doing that. I'll have to learn not to. We've got several lurkers, and then we've got Dan. Okay. Um, so as mentioned, um, 
I released 5.0.0 stable uh, last Monday after the meeting in the in the evening, and um, it seems to be we haven't had anything that we ha immediately had to release a 501. That's really good. Um, after that, I did some cleanup. Uh, we've been storing all the release assets on the GitHub release pages, and they were enormous, and they made the release pages load really slowly, and they were incomplete anyway. So since they're available on Amazon S3 through, um, hold on a second, I've got too many things going on here. Um, I've got, um, anyway, I cleaned that up because they're on, on S3. And right now I'm working on um, debugging a really hard problem in the um, uh, SAMD51 UF2 bootloader, which uh, very occasionally when you power cycle the board, it will write zeros into some area of flash. This is really obscure and it's hard to reproduce. Have to get the minimal thing that will reproduce it and then figure out what's going on. And the other thing that I'm working on, as I think I mentioned partly last week, is some uh, Bluetooth barbecue thermometers. I have to figure out, reverse engineer those so we can write a service for those. And we also decided to write in CircuitPython um, a, gen a description of the Adafruit BLE service, which is used um, right now in Arduino for the, um, the BLE Circuit Playground app, which just sort of lets you control sim simple things on a Circuit Playground Bluefruit and eventually on a Clue. And we'll eventually make that available in CircuitPython so you can do the same kinds of things. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Dave P is lurking. And uh, I have notes from David Gloud, who is missing the meeting. And that's partly on us because we didn't uh, put out a note about the American time zone change. And sorry for all of the other international types who were inconvenienced by that. Uh, anyway. Uh, his notes say this week uh, improve uh, Foamy Guy's BLE patchwork display speed up using scale, auto scale, a gizmo version, color sensing, and a great chat on the best feature set. Uh, checking out the FOSDEM video that was finally released. So he's got a couple of links there in the document. Uh, and David made a presentation about CircuitPython at FOSDEM, so I assume that that's what uh, that's about. And uh, next week, he plans to put his clue into the Pi Supply Bitbuggy car, which hopefully we'll get a video of that, like running around and scaring a cat or something. That would be fun. Uh, Drew, I think that you are next. Oh, hello. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes. Hi. Yes. Uh... Jeez, uh, had the speaker on. Um, yeah, so uh, we uh, wrapped up the manufacturing of the Open Harbor Summit badge, um, the wrist badge that runs uh, CircuitPython, um, and we were gearing up to start writing some apps for it, uh, which we still will be doing, um, except it'll be a while before people um, get their wrist badges to play along um, with. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Sedacious has been helping with that, um, and Michael Welling and Alex Comilo um, have been helping to write some apps. We have like a basic clock app working and we're thinking about what we can do with uh, BLE. Do you have any do idea have any idea uh, on what uh, time on scale what time scale people might get those badges who are planning to attend? 
so yesterday we decided that it was going to be um, virtual um, and we're going to ship out the goodie bags to people um, that uh, didn't, well, people that hold head tickets that aren't attending. Um, well, no one can attend because it's virtual. Um, so, but I don't know exactly how long that'll take. Um, everything's in New York right now. So mm -hmm. we'll have to sort through it and bag them up. Um, and Spark Fun also offered to help ship things. So uh, I think that's still kind of like to be determined, uh, but hopefully it won't be too long. Um, All right. Though, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for the update. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't we'll know what to say. I'm just so bummed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll have more information, I'm sure, by the by uh the next um circuit python meeting. Um but uh yeah, we uh, there was over like I think there was like 225 badges that we got manufactured and tested okay. So, um everyone should um be able to get one that that had bought a ticket. Um so yeah, it'll just be a little bit of a delayed gratification on that one. All right. Thanks. Do Wester is lurking, so foamy guy. Right. So last week, um, I did a bunch of work on the BLE patchwork demo. Um, again, also I'll, I'll go ahead and say thanks again to Dave Glad on on his help with that. Um, and then I'm hoping to get that cleaned up a little bit and get a PR put in tonight uh, for the Adafruit repo. Um, and then. Couple other PRs I worked on throughout the week. One for uh, thermal, uh, the thermal printer um, that was previously unsupported on the the smallest of the devices, the Trinket M0 and the Gimma. Um, and a, a GitHub user came along and, and figured out a way to make that work. I uh, got that tested out over the weekend. Um, and then Ethernet Featherwing. I know there's been a lot of work on the WizNet library. I did some testing uh, on some of those PRs as well. And then the last one was for the debouncer library. Uh, there was a, an old PR that was adding touch.io support, which is uh, really cool. But um, Jeff had actually, uh, which I probably should have given a hug report to Jeff, but he had actually um, recommended a, a better way to, to do that than actually importing touch.io. And, and that worked perfectly and also taught me something new about Python. So uh, big thanks to Jeff for that. And then um, I did also, nailed down a, an issue on the NeoPixels with the Cricut and Seesaw relating to brightness. I just need to get uh, an actual issue created with um, my contained code. And then for next week, um, I picked up a couple goodies over the weekend, a RTC breakout and an IR temperature sensor. I haven't ever played with either of those before, so got to get those built, figure out how they work and all that fun stuff. Um, and then the uh like david had mentioned he, he created the gizmo version uh, or excuse me the circuit playground bluefruit uh, with the gizmo version of the patchwork demo um, but we've made some improvements um since then so i got to get those moved in and then lastly uh is get back to work on uh the game the pi gamer uh creating your first game guide and that's it for me this week oh there i'm muted again thank you um on to you, Hyrefect. Oh, hello. Um, hello. So uh, this past week, uh, I worked on continued work on PulseIn uh, for uh, IR support on the STM32. So working on getting a proper control setup working to make sure that my, my tests are working properly and adding uh, external interrupts to the STM32 system, um, which can sometimes be a pain in the butt because SDM32 is kind of weird about interrupts, um, 
And uh, so it's always fun having to read the data sheets around that stuff. Um, I've also been doing a bunch more H7 and F7 research. Uh, so those are the, uh, for those who don't know the STM32 ecosystem, those are the high and the highest end boards that are offered by STM32 without moving to a new processor type. Um, and uh, some of them are very powerful, uh, moving up to uh, 400 uh, megahertz um, with really huge profiles, tons of peripherals, things like camera drivers and LCD drivers and um, kind of advanced audio drivers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, we're looking at port on to CircuitPython. So um, I've been working on the uh, pin and register differences that we need to implement into the structure of CircuitPython to support that um, and figuring out how much work is required for the new features. Um, I'm personally very excited for a board called the Open uh, Machine Vision Project, OpenMV, uh, which is a camera module with a uh, mounted um, STM32H7 board on it. Um, and I do a lot of machine vision stuff in my own time. So um, I'm hoping that we can uh, eventually add a camera or a machine vision module of some kind into CircuitPython and uh, start doing really cool stuff with that. Um, this week, it's going to be mostly more of the same, wrapping up Pulse In um, and uh, getting into Rotary I.O., which is the other module we wanted to wrap up before getting com moving completely over to the F7 and H7 support. I'm going to keep working on the H, uh, H7 and F7 stuff uh, in tandem just because um, sometimes I get tired of reading the really long uh, timer data sheets, and it's more fun to uh, kind of look at structural stuff, um, so I try to trade between the two. Um, and, uh, and I guess, oh yeah, this isn't really so much related to, uh, CircuitPython, but I've also been working with the Zephyr, uh, Artos people, um, on improving some of their board import documentation. So, um, that's, uh, that's been kind of a fun, uh, interesting side project, um, making, uh, the board import docs a little bit more approachable and I may be working with them more to support more uh, CircuitPython style boards with Zephyr. Um, uh, in the short term, I may also be moving my base operations out of Boston into the boonies for a little bit, um, depending on what happens with COVID here in the city. Uh, we don't have quite as many cases here as some other uh, of the big cities in the US, but still, you know, a little bit a little bit up in the air, so we'll see if that has to happen, um, in which case um, I'll have to look to pick up and move my lab. So, um, But to everybody else out there, stay safe. Um, keep in mind that uh, washing your hands is a lot better than uh, Purell, especially since Purell is sold out everywhere. And uh, I, hope, uh, I hope everything in this kind of tech ecosystem of ours can get back to the normal fun state uh, as soon as possible. So stay safe until then. That's it for me. Thanks. And yeah, stay safe times 100. Uh, that brings us to the end of status updates. And I'm going to hand it back to Katni to run in the weeds. All right. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome. So the last section of this meeting, we lovingly call in the weeds. It is an opportunity for more long form discussions, uh, things that either come out of status updates or just that people want to talk about. Um, I'm going to swap the order real quick because the second thing is very fast. Um, we did talk about renaming it. It just needs to happen. 
that's that's for the Adafruit BLE radio uh, rename to the Adafruit from Adafruit Radio. Um, so that just I, I put it on my list. I'll do it. Um, it just okay. needed, it just needed to happen. That that was where that was at. You answered my question of who's going to do it. So yes, that's I all will. I need to know. Okay, um, sounds good. It's on my list. Um, Thank we'll you. Got it taken care of. Um, so then let's uh, flip back to hand it over to Scott to talk about his and the weeds topic. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about 510 release plan. Um, this is basically because I think with the sleep stuff, I'm going to make everything unstable, and I'd love to see a stable release of Microlab before that. Um, so I want to ask both Zoltan and Jeff, just like, how are you feeling about it? I think there are some ports that don't have it on that we'll probably want to turn on as well. Um, but but what do we think in terms of how close we are and things like that? I feel really good about it. I didn't run into anything weird or unexplained while working on the guide, except for one thing that turned out to be my own bug when I turned some uh, code into using ULab that wasn't using it before. Okay. Um, so I feel really good about the functionality we have. As noted, it's only turned on in two of the ports. We need to turn it on in the other two mm -hmm. or move the turn on point to somewhere else, like make it CircuitPy full build or something. Right. Um, somebody else said they tested it on Teensy 4. I'm going to test it today on the STM32 Feather. Right. And if so, I can just commit both of those today and get it pulled, pull requested. Okay. I mean, that sounds good to me. Do you have okay. any IMX boards there? If I do you not. Should get, you should get some. All right. We'll talk a little later and figure out what, what I can order. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, TC4 is a good one. And then the dev kits are pretty good too. <clears throat> okay. So, Scott, I, I think the, the most important question is whether you want to hold off till the internals are sort of sorted out. Or, or you say that um, you don't care. As as long as the the API or the, the Python facing right. interface doesn't change, you don't care how it's implemented in, uh, uh, internally. Um, so I think that's that's something that you have to decide, or or uh, uh, um, Circuit Python has to decide. I I can't comment on that. I can only say, or, or I can only tell what what I am doing now and what the the approximate time frame for that might be right but on the other hand it's it's really your decision so yeah i mean i i if the apis are saying the same i think it's fine well we we have agreed that we <clears throat> that we try to adhere to 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 numpy so right. um i think that that pretty much pins it down mm -hmm. and um of course there are a couple of uh, um, smaller issues perhaps um, um, we, we have discussed this earlier that um, we should factor out all uh, functions that are not numpy conform right uh, into into a separate module module mm -hmm. uh, that's 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 trivial uh, the, the question is whether you want to add extra functions there um, right that that are useful for a microcontroller, but uh, irrelevant for NumPy. Right. So um, one one example could be um, Jeff and and uh, Dan Harbert uh, started to float this idea yesterday afternoon, I think, that the um, 
the FFT routine could be could be sped up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if if we want to do that, so I, I, I uh, basically it it depends on whether we we calculate the tweet fact uh, the tweet factors uh, uh, beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's no longer uh, compatible with with, with NumPy. Mm-hmm. So if if you want to want to speed up FFT, I think that's doable. But then it has to be has to be a separate extra function, which is right. also okay. It, it I have nothing against that. But th- the question is whether you want to to wait for those functions. I think I think in terms of if there's things that are going to move modules, it would be nice to do those first, um, um, because then no, they won't. I, okay, so I, I think that's not going to change anything in the in the core. Or, or um, mm-hmm. let's put it this way: um, if we have something called extra module or that, or, right. or whatever it is, I, I don't care. Um, so so you can keep the dirty stuff there. Right. And the the NumPy stuff in in all other modules. Right. And if it's if it's separated then 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 it doesn't matter anymore. Right. So my suggestion about the FFT, it wasn't really a suggestion, it was just like I don't know anything about this. Is it worth looking at? Um, so I, don't I think have it's a strong viewpoint about it. And if you could leave it out for now. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's 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 an interesting point, and I I I would definitely like to explore that. Um, but as I said, if we do that, then then FFT is not going to be NumPy compatible anymore. So right. what we should do in that case is that we keep the FFT as it is, mm-hmm. and we we implement a, a fast FFT, which is which right. is ridiculous because it's uh, it's already fast but anyway <laughs> we we implement this in the in the extras module right in which case it's it will be called i don't know um, fast fft or whatever i don't care and it doesn't have to have to conform to um, to to numpy right yeah i think um I think adding something to extras is fine. Like, I don't want us to think that this is the only time we'll update ULab. I just want to, like, generally, we should try not to move things later. I agree uh, with that. Yeah, the other I thing, agree. the other thing that we could make sure is that can we actually do uh, microlab versions? Like, we should make sure that's in there as well. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. No, no, that's already there. Okay, perfect. <laughs> You're ahead of me then. That's even better. Uh, because that that way we can make an argument for not tying circuit Python versioning to ULab API changes. If okay. the, we basically say like the ULab version is a separate version number still, and here's how you get it with Dunder version. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I I don't care really. So um, right. if 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 that's the way for you, then then we should do it that way. Yeah, I think it's it's a good policy in general. And specifically with FFT and Spectrum, that's one where we differ significantly from NumPy's way of working with things. And I think we can just leave that at ulab.fft rather than uh, move it. But that would depends what Scott thinks too. 
do you mean the the complex numbers or or something else? Right. So the way FFT has to handle complex numbers is different, and then the fact that um, spectrum doesn't even exist. Right. Uh, although something like uh, like that exists in in SciPy. Mm -hmm. SciPy signal, SciPy dot signal. I think there's uh, something called spectrogram or spectro. I think it's spectrogram, and that's basically the the spectrum function. So uh, we can rename it. I, I I don't have anything against that. And um, as far as uh, complexes are concerned, I think it's a tricky issue because some some of the some some of the hardware plat platforms don't implement complexes. Mm -hmm. So then if you if you insist on implementing complexes then then you um, you are not not uh, uh, compatible with the hard or not not with all pieces of hardware and that that might also be an issue I don't know um, what do we is there any popular hardware that doesn't have complexes? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I seen this comment on, um, in, in one of the pull requests, uh, um, for MicroPython. I, mm -hmm. I might be able to find it quickly. Yeah. I mean, my gut feeling is that like those platforms are just not going to be ones that we support MicroLab on. Okay. This is what my gut is. Is like we're moving to a world where they're like we're definitely moving up the the speed chain. We're not moving down. So I would expect generally new chips to have stuff. Although I don't know ESP thirty two S two is worth looking at because uh, we're definitely going to support that in the future. Uh, ESP thirty two should be should be quite capable, shouldn't it? Well, the S two I think is actually not quite oh, as sorry. good as the okay. thirty two. Okay. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, no problem. It's they added USB to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, which is why we're interested. Um, okay, so I think uh, so. Before five one, we already have Dunder version. Jeff's gonna look at turning on the other two ports. Mm -hmm. And do we have <clears throat> functions we need to move before we do five one? Um, I think I, I would then then move uh, spectrum or whatever we call it. I don't. Yep. Don't mind. Uh, I can. I can move that. That's a trivial issue. Yep. Um, and um, beyond that, I I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, and the, the question is uh, whether um, whether you want to have extra extra functions uh, extra in the sense that that are not implemented yet but should be there. For example concatenate or split or um, I don't know uh, whatever you have in mind. Um, I, th I think we can add those later. Okay. My, my concern is just releasing something that's going to be moved later. Mm, I, um, I think I wouldn't move anything now. You would move Spectrum, right? Yeah, we move Spectrum, definitely. Yeah, but that's the, that's the only one. Right. Okay, so that gets moved. We start the extra module. Uh, it would be nice to have a tagged release so that when we say like CircuitPython 5.1 has ULab or MicroLab blah, like whatever version it is, mm -hmm. just to communicate it well. Um, okay. But then like from then on, we can just, as you do releases in MicroLab, we can just update okay. and get those Sounds in. Good. 
Um, well, yeah. that maybe brings up one final item. Uh, when we started this, we created uh, in the Adafruit space on GitHub the mm -hmm. CircuitPython ULab. Should we <laughs> deprecate that and point ourselves right at MicroPython ULab? The only thing, the only diff we're carrying is a, a README, right? That is right. That's the situation today. Right. Actually, uh, I, I just wanted to point out, Jeff. That's uh, that's really great. I I um, have have read the the um, tutorial or whatever you would call it. I, I think it's really great, uh, informative, and uh, instructive. So, good job. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think it's fine to point to upstream. Like we have no reason to have our own because Zoltan's uh, doing a great job working with us. Okay. Um, I guess someone at Adafruit can depublish or remove that fork and... We can just archive it, yeah. Archive it, yeah. And so can you also pull request the change to our Git modules then? Sure, I could do that. Okay. Or um, you could do it. Okay, uh, one question perhaps I would uh, wanted to, to raise. Um, um, do, do you have a, a place where people can... Um, voice their wishes, concerns, and so on and so forth. Uh, and, and the question is really about functions that people would need, but mm -hmm. I haven't thought of. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think the issues list for MicroLab is the appropriate place for that. Okay. Um, if people happen to file those issues on CircuitPython, that's totally cool. Like we can we can get you in the loop and get it moved over. No, actually, the, the, uh, I think that the, my question was a bit different. Okay. So I, I, I wanted you to sort of advertise the this this um, um, this issue that um, I mean in the Circuit Python community that that people should come forward because yeah, I, I, a couple of times I had the, this this experience that uh, people just expected what what's out there. And didn't ask for for something that was actually quite trivial to implement. Right. And I, I think it's it would be a shame. So if if yeah. if a function is missing, then then we have to take care of that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. So um, if you if you can can give some publicity to this to this yeah. question. Okay. Great. Yeah. So um, what? Let's plan on just looping you in on the release note. Um, okay. Because the release notes is what like Phil will crib off for the the shows on Wednesday and the newsletter. Like the release notes is kind of like the press release. So if we if we make sure and say like the big thing about five one is MicroLab, and if you are a NumPy user and find something missing, go here to let us know that you'd like it for X reason. Okay. Um, and good. then and then if we do it there, we'll be we'll be able to like try and keep that that message as part of the whole release okay um and we can even like leave it as a a permanent kind of picture in our release notes too okay sounds good okay uh sounds like we're good to go on that um mm -hmm. jeff i have an answer to your final question there's a long-standing bug in pylint where it fails on PEP8 compliant continuations involving keyword arguments. 
Um, so the connection between pilot continuations and black is that black formats it to that PEP8 compliant continuation and pilot fails even though it's valid. So we are disabling pilot continuation because black handles it anyway. Okay, and that is old versions of pilot only or including the up-to-date versions up -to -date of version, pilot? Up-to-date version, it's been an issue for five years or so and okay. hasn't been resolved. It's It's a... It's a whole ordeal, apparently, according to the internet. All um, right. So we are just and taking so it this for is how you is. split that baby. All yes. right. Got so, it. Thank you. I think I have a little bit of background about this as well because this is one of the mo more jarring things for that Black does. Um, to me, in my when I read Black code, is that if your uh, line of parameters to in a function is longer than the line limit, it will put every parameter on a single line. Um, and that seems really weird to me, but I think the reason that they did it is actually because Facebook, who created Black, they're in a world where they're moving to the static typing stuff that, uh, or the the type hinting stuff that Python 3, 6, or 7 has. And I think what happens is that as you start, not now not you're not only putting a variable name, but you're also putting the type, and you basically gets really long really fast. So that's why the policy is basically like, Oh, once you're past this line limit, like you must be putting type hints and stuff. So we'll just put it all in one line because, like, the reality is, is that you're not you're gonna have to wrap. There's enough information per parameter that like you can only fit it on one line. Anyway, um, and yeah. then the other the other nice thing about that is that when you do diffs, when you add things, it's uh, you don't have to worry about like diffs within a single line. Then, right. That's the part. That's the argument that I actually can agree with because I love it when diffs aren't yeah moving around three words in the middle of a line and then it all right. rewraps and that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, so I think it, for me it's one of the weirder things that black does but there's a reason for it and I think once we're all used to it we'll be used to it. All right. Thanks for that. Okay. Cool. And with that, uh it is time to wrap up. This has been the CircuitPython Weekly for March 9th. Yes, March 9th, 2020. Um, for future meetings for the next however many months, be aware that uh, the Eastern or that general time in the US is now daylight saving time. Um, so we're off by an hour. Uh, so be aware of that so you know when to come to the meeting if you are in a state or country that does not do that. You are lucky, <laughs> um, but also probably an hour off from where we are right now. So uh, be aware of that. Uh, we will continue to update the, um, uh, the notes documents uh, a week early so that you have plenty of time to get in there and also uh, can stay on top of um, when we're having the meetings in case we're moving them. We have no intention of Moving next week, I believe, is still happening at the same time. Um, and uh, other than that, I want to thank everybody for participating. Uh, if you are listening to this remotely and you want to come chat with us, uh, come join us on the Adafruit Discord server at adafru.it slash discord. And uh, we will talk to everybody next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Katni.